Hi, I'm Sam Germano, and welcome to the Uprooted Podcast, where we'll be uncovering the underlying meaning of health and what it means to us today. Let's sit down with the experts and trailblazers to understand the why and how, break down barriers, and blend our mental, physical, and emotional well-being. Grab your headphones, turn the volume up, and let's uproot. Drea Murphy is the founder and CEO of Elise Collective, a creative marketing company that takes a 360-degree approach to building brands. Drea launched Elise Collective in 2015 and now works with a curated network of like-minded lifestyle and wellness clients. Prior to founding her own creative brand building company, Drea held communications and PR roles at top fashion houses including Calvin Klein, Topshop, and Ralph Lauren. She helped establish a fashion tech startup called Keep as a top player in the tech, home decor, and fashion industries. When the trajectory of her career changed courses, Drea took a step back and realized that she wanted to be more involved in the wellness industry and represent authentic brands that were making a positive impact. Since starting Elise Collective, she also co-founded The Ness, a digital platform and boutique fitness studio that specializes in beat-based trampoline cardio and muscle sculpting classes. I was drawn to Drea's outlook on well-being and how she seamlessly integrates different rituals or practices into her life, but also owns what isn't meant for her. I think the health and wellness industry has become so saturated and we're always reading about the next best thing to try to get good skin or to lose weight or to eat healthier. From following Drea, I've learned that it's okay to not love meditation and adopt your own kind instead. She's someone who is exposed to so many different brands and trends, but she has learned a thing or two about how to properly integrate the right products or practices into your life and understand whether it's a good fit or not. Because at the end of the day, not everything is meant for us. Not everyone is meant to eat the same way or take the same supplements or do the same workout. Yet, when we read a buzzy headline about something that's better than anything we've ever seen, we can't help but rush to try it. I wanted to bring Drea on to drown out the noise, to equip us with tips and advice for navigating the wellness industry and finding what works for us individually. Let's get right into it. Drea, I couldn't be more thrilled to be sitting down with you today and getting a closer look at how you navigate the world of wellness. I think the terms mindfulness and wellness have become such ambiguous words that we attach to, but we don't necessarily know really what they mean. And we're also in a culture that's so saturated with different wellness trends and brands, and we're constantly being presented with different options for supplements, skincare products, et cetera. And I feel as though we don't even know where to start half the time. You're the founder and CEO of Elise Collective, which I know is a creative brand building company, but you're also someone that many people look to to give reviews or your point of view on wellness products. And so naturally, I really wanted to sit down with you and get a glimpse into your thinking and you know your specific process of how you decide what brands to work with and what trends to try for yourself. So I'm so happy you're here. Um, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So let's kind of get a closer look at who Drea Murphy is. Tell us about you, your background, and how you kind of got into the wellness space and what you do today. So I am originally from San Francisco, and I moved to New York about 10 years ago. So I think that means I'm a New Yorker now. Um, (laughs) I think so. I think the 10-year mark is the official (laughs) certification, yeah. um, So a little bit of a career background. I, I started in traditional fashion PR. So I started at Calvin Klein um, in PR and I was on an agency, um, went to Ralph Lauren, Topshop, and also ended up at a fashion tech startup 
which ultimately led me to create Elise Collective. I, you know, this was, I think now six, six or seven years ago when, you know, I was director of communication at this fashion tech startup. And I tell this story because I think it's important. And I walked into work one day and they were like, this is everyone's last day. And I was in shock. I mean, I was young. I, but I would, I had put so much into this brand and I really, you know, believed in it, but in a, a little bit of a naive way, because this is what happens with startups. It's nothing yeah. personal. And, you know, when that happened, I, it was just so in shock, but my initial reaction wasn't to go back to a nine to five fashion PR job. So I really kind of looked at what I enjoyed doing, what my interests were. And from there, Elise Collective was born, it was not overnight. It's not like I you know, had success in that first year compared to the success I have now, but it really allowed me, it pushed me to do my own thing. And one thing that I'm, I'm just, you know, I have to say I'm proud of myself for is standing true to what is now today Elise Collective's ethos, which is only kind of bringing on a client, a, a brand, a person, place thing that I truly believe in. And of course, this has grown because our team has grown and, and X, Y, and Z, but I think it's still such a core value that is really important to me. And I think which lends, um, you know, to what you kind of intro me with about as, as some sort of expert or, or tester or, or whatever, because I... I'm grateful that I have the ability to test all these amazing products and be connected. And I'm connected to so many different people, but I think there's, if I was going to start my own thing and, and initially started very much PR focused, I wanted to have some sort of differentiator to, you know, why, why me over an agency that carries, you know, a beauty brand, a mattress brand and a fitness brand. Yeah. Um, so that was really important to me. And of course, wellness. So mm-hmm. it fully evolved to kind of become more and more wellness focused over the years, just based on my interests, where the industry was going. And, you know, today we really still have that same kind of core value in terms of, you know, one of the pillars is also female founded and that's really important to me. So working with female founders within the wellness industry and lifestyle industry is what we do today. And it's, it's grown tremendously in the sense of our scope. You know, we take a 360 approach to building brands and it's the only way to do it now. You can't just do one thing. Um, and, you know, I saw the industry change before my eyes working in traditional fashion PR and then, you know, adapting and adapting quickly to be able to offer brands, you know, an array of services that made sense to get their brand awareness out there. You, I think there's a study that says, um, you know, someone needs to see a brand seven times before it registers. And now it's like up to like 11 or 12, because think about people's attention span with TikTok and reels and, you know, everything else that's going on. So you really have to take that 360 approach to building a brand. Otherwise, you know, the, the single press mention or the single Instagram post, like they're not all working together you know, you can't really be successful. Yeah. I so resonate with the the study that you mentioned because I even find myself as a consumer, if I see someone posting a brand repeatedly at that 11th time, I'm like, okay, 
now I have to look into it. What is this about? And, you know, clearly, clearly they're onto something. And so it's so interesting that you said that. Yeah. I love your story though, because here's the thing. A lot of times we're either fortunate or unfortunate enough to be in a position where we feel lost, where, you know, something was taken away from, from us. And I resonate with that because I lost my job in experiential marketing in March. And I, saw it similarly to you as a really great opportunity to rebrand myself. It's like, what, what do I want to take with this time and, and rebuild? And I'm right. a, a real estate agent in New York City, but I love your story as well, because now you work with brands and you create meaning behind them and you stand by brands that speak to you. Mm-hmm. One question I do have is, you know, you were in fashion PR. What about wellness resonated with you? Well, I think of so many, so many different things. Um, but initially, I think it was definitely the fitness component because I've always enjoyed working out. I've, you know, been an athlete. I mean, been an athlete. I guess I am an athlete, <laughs> but I played sports in school. Yeah. Um, and that was always a really big part of my day to day. Working out, getting a sweat in was something that I had to do mentally and physically, that journey has definitely evolved. And I don't know if you want me to get into this now, but the trampoline is um, a huge, huge part of my wellness journey. And I first discovered it with one of my past clients. Um, I was doing, you know, their PR and rebrand, et cetera. And it's ultimately how I met my now business partners with Vanessa. And that part, that workout in particular really hooked me and it had nothing to do with the incredible physical benefits to the workout. Not only is it full body lymphatic drainage, completely retoned my body, you know, it's helped my balance, bone density, kept me completely in shape and healthy. But what really kind of changed for me was the mental meditation that went along with this workout. I had been going to soul cycle, you know, doing Pilates, yoga, all these things that I couldn't shut off my mind. And this was before meditation was, you know, so trendy and everyone was doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was around and I was tried to meditate and I wasn't good at it. And, you know, it just didn't click for me. I still try today. It's not, yeah. I'm not giving up on it, but it's a different type of meditation. And the way that this type of workout really is method is portrayed as is in combo series and you can't think of anything else. And if you do, you're lost in class and it's a different part of your mind that you switch on and a different part of your mind that you're able to switch off. So that kind of allowed me to kind of open the door. I think now that I think about it to more of more of wellness in my life because I have now this mental capacity to kind of take a step back and really, I don't know, refocus. Yeah. I have a similar story. I found that with Y7, the hot yoga Uh brand, there was something about it. I had just graduated from college and moved into the city and just needed something to attach to. You know, I needed my own form of exercise, meditation. And I remember leaving my first class being mind blown. And there was mm-hmm. something about it, like a similar story. There was something about it that in the class you had to follow along because you had to follow the instructions to follow the flow. There was something so cathartic about it. You're sweating. There's really good music blasting in the background. And I would leave feeling completely cleansed in the best way possible. And I, I shared the same sentiment and feelings as, as you did with the nest. And so I can totally relate to that. I want to go back to, you know, something you were saying before about meditation and how you tried it. It didn't 
necessarily click with you or the, you know, the pieces didn't completely align. And so then you tried something else that was your form of meditation, which I think brings us back to this whole idea of the wellness aspect of our lives that we're trying to fit into. What, what's your definition of wellness? Because for everyone, it's so different, you know, so different. not everyone needs to meditate. Not everyone needs to drink a green juice in the morning and that's okay. So what does, what is your definition of wellness? So I've been asked this quite a few times and I kind of am starting to, I mean, I shouldn't say this, but like dislike the word wellness because it's so buzzword. It's so buzzy, such a buzzword. And everyone thinks of it as, you know, fitness, celery juice, supplements kind Kale. of thing. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, really wellness to me is, is happiness and it's, mm. it's the mental self-care for me and it's sleep. <laughs> so <laughs> those three, um, go obviously hand in hand, but I think it's a luxury to have all these other supplements that you can combine into your, into your wellness journey or into your day-to-day. And of course, moving your body is so important, however you do that. But I find when I am well-rested, prioritize my sleep, I am the happiest. Mm-hmm. And that is truly what wellness is to me. Yeah. I would say for me, it would be also a good night's sleep, eating in a way that's nurturing to me, whatever that is, and getting outside and having at least one thought provoking conversation that day. And I think what's interesting is that everyone's definition is so different. You know, it's not going to be a one size fits all. And I think that's a lot of times where we struggle. We see a trend that's featured in a magazine or in a media publication, and we immediately think, well, oh, you know, I I have to do this, or everyone's intermittent fasting, I have to try this too. And so many people have a hard time because when it doesn't work for them or when they're not getting the immediate gratification from it, it's like this unsettling, unsatisfying feeling. Right. It's like what you said, everyone's different. (laughs) I mean, could not stress that enough. Everyone's body is so incredibly different. So you can't, you have to find out what works for you. And that takes time and patience, uh, trial and error. Yeah. And then it also, I think, kind of creates this whole idea of pressure that now that there's a trend out there and everyone's trying it and raving about it, then we have to. And the funny thing is, is that why are we trying trends that are creating this immense amount of pressure? And then at the end, we're only feeling, you know, sometimes we're only, we're only left feeling worse about ourselves. That's not the way self-care and well, and wellness is supposed to work, you know? Right. A little ironic. Yeah. So in the world that we are with seeing different trends and, and products and services out there, how do you kind of filter, what's your process of you personally trying on something and seeing if it works for you or not? So I think um, education is number one. I think, you know, great. It can have an incredible branding strategy and Instagram and all the visuals are incredible. And then you look at the ingredients and if those don't line up with the the education behind it, I think that is like the first step. And I also think education around the wellness industry is still lacking. Take the supplement industry, for example. I mean, I still think it's crazy that the FDA doesn't regulate it. And because of that, we're left to, you know, do our own research and that's tough. We don't have time for that. It's not, you know, in our expertise, et cetera, but, but an ingredient list, if you know what's in it, then I will take it. (laughs) I mean, the less and cleaner ingredients, the better. I will reference well-told health right now, which, you know, in full transparency has been a least collective client, but on and off. And, you know, we launched them in the U S but it's been a core supplement that I've taken 
for three or four years. And I think everyone who follows me knows that because I'm consistent with it. And it's just plant-based functional nutrition. Um, it's just organic food in vegan capsule shells. So I think ingredients and education is number one. And of course, how your body feels. Again, I go back to the trends or, you know, the most awarded products, whether it be skincare or supplements or fitness, it's, if it doesn't work for you, then why are you doing it? Yeah, there was a time. So my dad is a board certified clinical nutritionist, but he's also dabbled. He spent years um, in the supplement industry. And a lot of times if there's a new product that that I see or want to try my process is to send it to him and you know <laughs> be like what are, what are yes. your thoughts on this and one thing that he actually pointed out to me I'm not going to say the specific brand because I don't want to you know talk poorly of, of any brand but there was a brand that is so trendy everyone has their hands on it and I sent it to him and I said you know what are your thoughts on this and he said Sam they have they said that they, there's a proprietary blend what's that blend what's you know what is it if they're if it's full transparency they're going to list it out and they're going to tell you every single thing that's in it because so that you can see how many milligrams, how much you're going to get. And I thought that that was so interesting because a lot of times we hear that brands have this proprietary blend and they have a secret sauce for, for their product. And I was like, oh, well, that's actually not a good thing because you should know exactly what you're getting out of your products. Absolutely. You should send him well-told health. And I absolutely will. I'll get his something. Interesting too, something I've learned from the founder of Wellshold Health, looking at other brands, is you have to look at their studies and how many people were actually tested. A lot of times, these studies, if you do a little, not it's not even a lot of research, it's all on the website, you know, they're like, oh, we tested 100 people and this is what we found. You know, that is nothing. That is crazy. Um, and then they make these claims that are almost, I mean, it is illegal, but, you know, it's not like they're, FDA is going to come after them right. under no time to do that type of, you know, digging, but like anyone can kind of say anything. Yeah. How long did it take you to kind of get into a groove of, you know, finding what, what works for you? Um, I mean, it's ever, it, it's evolving. It's still ever evolving. Mm-hmm. I, it, yeah, ever changing. That's better. <laughs> <But> <laughs> same thing. Um, same thing. You know, it's, you know, I have kind of like my core, but I'm also very much open to exploring other types of things. And I've been taking this one supplement from the well, which, you know, has been incredible. And that's, it's something new because they just launched it. I'm constantly trying different matcha brands. I know that's like <laughs> a little bit, it's not as serious, but I'm curious. And I think I love that so many new things are coming on the market from a better standpoint of ingredients and um, sourcing and sustainability. So yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's just my curiosity as well. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about how consistency plays a role in all this, because you mentioned that word before and that I wanted to go back to it. A lot of times people will try something, for example, lymphatic drainage, hot, hot, hot topic. And I, myself as a consumer tried it once Mm-hmm. I didn't like it or it didn't really, maybe I just- What type of lymphatic drainage did you try? I got the, the like the massage. So oh, it was dry brushing and then someone kind of yeah. went in and oiled me up and <laughs> yes. went at it um, and I didn't like it. But then yeah. a year later, I tried it a second time with someone different and I loved it. And of course, everyone says that it's great for you when you do it consistently. And a lot of times we'll try something and mm-hmm. we'll do it once. If, if we didn't like it, if we, it didn't work for us, or if we're not seeing changes within a week, 
we'll completely toss it out the window. So I want to hear from you how important, you know, consistency plays a role in all of this. So I want to just, before I answer that, talk about lymphatic drainage because yeah, I yeah, yeah, please. have such a reaction to it only because I love how trendy it got in all these crazy massages and dry brushes and like, you know, just the massage industry because you get this expensive lymphatic drainage massage. It helps that day. Great. Yeah. If you jump on a trampoline for 30 minutes, you will get that exact same experience. You will flush out all the toxins, have so many other benefits. You don't need all these fancy, you know, expensive like massages and machines and all of that type of stuff. Um, and I think that was like the miss and a lot of education around the trampoline, because when you bounce up, you are weightless and you come down, you're like 15 times your weight. So you literally flush out all the toxins in your body. So it's incredible and it's low impact. So, you know, all ages can kind of have fun with it, but I just wanted to mention that because yeah. anytime someone mentions lymphatic drainage, I got to talk about the trampoline. There's no yeah. way I can't. <laughs> um, but back to consistency. I mean, I think it's hard, right? It takes patience. I think we live in this um, world now where everyone wants, you know, immediate results, which is just not real life. You know, it goes back to crazy filters on Instagram and you know what I mean? Like people want these insane results. And why do you think, you know, Botox and injections are at the all time high, but when it comes down to things for inside your body, I mean, you have to think about it. Like your body is digesting something new. It's not an overnight change. One thing that I started taking uh, consistently, and I, I know the founder uh, Prima, and the CBD brand. And I was very like hesitant in the beginning. This is like years ago before they launched because, you know, CBD is everywhere. And why is this different? X, Y, and Z. But I started taking their daily and, you know, she's like, it's not going to work in the overnight. We have things that will, you know, elixirs that you can kind of, you know, take within liquid and digest very quickly. But the daily is this one little pill and it's not a crazy difference. But after I took it for 30 days, I finally like experienced that small little difference of like the little taking the edge off. And I was like, oh, you know, I, I know consistency is the way to go, but I still, you know, I'm a human and want <laughs> that fast result. I just think it, it plays into, you know, your practices as well. And, you know, over quarantine, I think those were brought to my attention because I was able to experience them more. It's not so much I had to come up with new rituals. It was more having the time to actually think about it as a ritual. And that included bouncing on a trampoline and, you know, making my matcha in the morning. Those were two consistent things I always did, but I was always rushing or, you know, not in entirely enjoying the process because I had no time. Yeah. I, I even said in my trailer that in our solitude during quarantine, we had an element of self-discovery mm -hmm. you know we absolutely we I think certain things came to the surface of what we needed you know what we needed in terms of our environment and what we needed you know within ourselves and I, I love that you share that because I felt the same way you know like what what does Sam need like during yeah. this time what what new rituals or practices do we want to put in place which is a great segue because one other thing I wanted to ask you was what to you does it mean to practice self-care and prioritize yourself you know, you have these beautiful rituals of bouncing on a trampoline every day, drinking matcha in the morning. And of course, those fall into the category of self-care, but kind of beneath the surface, like what, what does self-care mean to you? So it kind of goes back to my definition of wellness. And 
having to do with the mental self-care. And this is definitely, I'm still on this journey of improving the way I speak to myself, asking for help and being okay with that. I just probably a month or two ago started with an incredible uh, life and business coach. And I think prior to that, you know, I had an incredible therapist for five years. And I think talking to someone, um, whether it be a therapist or a life coach is so incredible and such a luxury. And it's something that I feel so grateful to have. And I think there's still now, not so much, but there used to be such a stigma around it, around therapy and oh, you have a therapist and X, Y, and Z. But I think being able to talk to someone outside of your world, that is, that's their job, you know, and I always struggled with, you know, asking others for help because I didn't want to bother people. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't so comfortable talking about what I needed. Um, and it was, it's a practice that, you know, has only benefited me. Yeah. I've, I've, I say this on the podcast all the time. My mom is a psychotherapist. So I've actually been in therapy since I was 13. Incredible. And then I think for, for me too, self-care is alone time. I am such a social person and obviously now it's very different. (laughs) Um, I mean, I, I think I've said this somewhere else, but I was a little bit on the verge of a burnout pre-pandemic. Um, and I remember talking to my friend Chelsea Leyland and I was like, she's like, how are you doing? And she knew I was kind of on that path. And, you know, the silver lining of being in lockdown was I was forced to stay home and sleep and not be, you know, running 24 seven. And I just, that is in my nature to push myself that way. And so much of what I do is business and pleasure intertwined. It's hard to separate. And I think, you know, it's a constant practice to separate it in the sense of just because I'm out to dinner with, you know, a client or an editor or even friends that are in the industry, you're on. And to be able to fully shut off is really, really important. And even if your weekend is filled with that type of, you know, socializing activity and work and play, you don't recharge. And so I think really looking at that and spending time alone Sometimes that's, you know, reflecting and meditation. A lot of, most of the time it's me watching Bravo and, you know, ordering takeout. So I like that you use the word recharge because I think a lot of us, A, needed it and B, don't know how. I like what you said before too, because I felt this and I know a lot of people feel this way when we leave work, we don't actually leave work because we're mentally still carrying it in our minds. We're thinking what we have to do for the next day. We're thinking of everything that happened that day. And it's like, where does, where does the you time come in? And over time, when we neglect that and when we don't honor it, we, I think we lose ourselves in the process and we eventually just are, and are going through life running with the motions. And we're not really thinking of, you know, how are we supporting ourselves mentally and physically every day? Exactly. And I think, you know, we're in a time too, where we're at home. And so there's always something you're not really disconnected. So you have to you have to work harder at disconnecting now because everything is within your space. Right. Yeah. Creating like an oasis for yourself within your home. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, I think, you know, for self-care, a lot of it is this mental prioritization as well. You know, you, you talked about therapy and you talked about, you know, your own form of meditation, which is jumping on a trampoline. Talk to me a little bit more about how that's supporting you mentally every day. Oh God. I mean, it's, it's just something I look forward to actually. And 
the way it supports me every day is that like recharge, refocus, even if it's at the end of the day, it's something where I'm allowed to like, you know, I'm present, but I'm not, but I'm like out of my own head. And that is something that my head is constantly racing, you know, whether it's, you know, about a client or Instagram or the NAS, or there's a hundred million things that are, I'm doing, I'm very good at multitasking, I think, but I also have a lot of, a lot of balls in the air. And this is my time to let go of all of that and really focus on what I'm doing mm-hmm. and the way that the Nest method is you're able to do that because you're, you still have to turn on your brain. You're not just, you know, relieved from thinking, but it's a different type of thinking. It's just you and the instructor and your trampoline, and you are able to completely focus on that part of your day. And it really gets me through. I mean, I have to say, and something that I kind of spoke about earlier about, you know, speaking to myself in a nicer way and also, you know, not feeling guilty about certain things. If I need to do a workout during a lunch break, whatever a lunch break is, you know, I'm now allowing myself to do that and not feeling guilty and putting that, you know, it's, it's all my own pressure that I'm creating, but those small changes of being like, it's okay to go on a walk in the morning to get your matcha and spend 30 minutes outside. You worked last night. It, it sounds silly to talk, you know, that I'm talking to myself in that way, but it's, it's really a form that is a form of self-care. And it's something that I've struggled with for years and I'm still struggling with it. But now I see the benefits of really speaking nicely to myself, allowing myself to do what I need to be better at my job and, and a friend and a better family member and all of those types of things. I want to talk about this a little bit more because I love that you brought this up. I think a lot of people suffer at work in a way where they're multitasking and they are not able to set boundaries. They're not able to even formulate the words or tell their boss that they need a 10, 15 minute break throughout the day. God forbid, you know? I know. Um, And also I think it's a little different now because we're working from home and maybe there's more work on your plate or, you know, maybe the communication is a little different now that everyone's, you know, behind their computer. And I think a lot of guilt comes up for a lot of people to take breaks. We're not able to separate as easily as maybe we would if we were in person, but what would your advice be to the Drea who was succumbing to burnout and not prioritizing her mental health? Because now you're, you know, you're on the other side, you're taking breaks, you're getting outside and you're saying to yourself, Hey, if you, if you want me to do good work, I need time for myself. I need to go outside for 10 minutes, mm-hmm. take a deep breath and then come back. What well, you- I have to say, I'm not like on the other side yet. <laughs> Daily <laughs> well, practice. Let's taking- be real. <laughs> <laughs> you're taking the steps to get there. You know, at least you're yeah. honoring that and recognizing that and your, your dialogue with yourself is what it sounds like in a different place than it was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how, how would you walk someone through that who's at square one? I think it's about feeling your best and knowing what you mentally, physically, emotionally need. And that's a hard hard thing to do, I think. And it's not an overnight practice. It's, um, I mean, I've been trying for, I don't know how long to not wake up to looking at my phone and to not go to bed looking at my phone. Not successful at that at all. And I was talking about this with my friend the other day and she's like, it's a choice, Drea. Don't, it's not gonna, you have to just decide. I'm like, okay, okay. (laughs) Like, but it's, I think, I think my advice would be to write down just one small thing that you can implement, you know, once a week, like start small, but also take notice of how you feel 
when you do that small thing, because if anything, life has slowed down in a way because of the climate and that we have to look at that as a blessing and kind of see, you know, pay attention to that because we're going to go back to normal at some point and we have to remember to slow down. I mean, I'm the prime example of that. And I, and honestly, I even, I talked, I talked about this with my team and, and I think one of someone was like, you know, your calendar's a little getting a little crazy again. <laughs> and I think when we were back to our new normal, whatever that was, you know, you could do socially distant coffee meetings and, um, you know, eat outside at restaurants. I was like, I found myself going right back to where I was jam packing everything in. And yes, that was like working out at home and Zoom calls and then meeting for dinner and sure I was home earlier and there was an events and stuff like that. But mentally I was doing that same process and I had to like take a step back and be like, whoa, you just made all this progress. And now you're like running yourself to the ground again. So I think, you know, it's a lot of accountability within yourself and it takes a lot of practice. It's a daily practice. For sure. And I think it's a combination equal parts of patience mm-hmm. and knowing that progress is not linear. It's not, we don't live in a world where every day, every week, life right. is just going to get better and better and better. And you're constantly going right. to become a, you know, the next right. best version of yourself. Progress isn't linear. It's, you know, it's a journey. It's a winding journey. And sometimes we take three steps forward, but then we take five mm-hmm. steps back. And that doesn't mean that you're going back to square one. It doesn't mean that you you're, you've unlearned everything that you've spent the past few weeks, months working towards. It just Absolutely. means that you're being redirected. And, you know, and patience again is a huge, huge part of that. It's knowing that you're trying, you're waking up every day, being aware, conscious, and working towards, you know, the person that you want to eventually be. Absolutely. I think it's so important to, to realize that bad days are okay. And to really sit with that. Uh, that's something, especially during the pandemic, I tried to, I tried to reflect on because there were days where I felt like I couldn't work. I felt so depressed. I felt so lonely, you know, when we were really on lockdown and I had, I was by myself in New York city, my family's on the West coast. And thinking back, I remember that feeling and I wanted to remember that feeling, you know, it, w- it was a type of practice that I just, instead of fighting it, instead of complaining, or instead of just pushing through and trying to be productive, I was like, I'm just going to sit with this and remember it and go through it and process it. So I can come out on the other side. A huge word that comes to my mind when you say that is just surrender. Surrender. Yeah. I also, I have a, you know, a similar feeling. I I was unemployed the majority of the pandemic, really from March till last week. <laughs> like almost everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing that I had to sit with most was the unknown. I'm single, I'm unemployed. I was unemployed and I had no structure to my day. I had nothing to really hold on to or associate with. And that's also like a really interesting feeling. Cause it's like, what like this is where like the term like self-worth kind of bubbles up for me. It's like, who are you and and what do you need during a time where you don't know what your future holds for you? And I think a lot of people can probably relate to that because there are going to be so many times in our lives where we have bad days or we have no idea what's on the horizon for us, but it's these routines, these rituals that we set for ourselves that bring us comfort, that bring us gratitude, that bring us, you know, a sense of peace that like to me, like that's where, that's where wellness comes in. That's where like the self-care comes in. It's like, what are you doing every day that's taking care of you? That's going to be, that's not going to change 
when you have bad days and when you, you know, are at a time in your life where things are up in the air. Absolutely. A crazy world we live in. It really is, <laughs> but, you know, I think if we can get through this, then we can get through anything, truly. A hundred percent. I know you touch upon the nest, but, you know, talk to me a little bit more about so if someone wants to, you know, join it or be a part of it, how do they do it? Are, are we getting a trampoline in the mail? <laughs> yes. Well, just to take a step back, I have two incredible business partners who completely are the trainers. I am not a trainer. Um, I love taking their class and, you know, we've cultivated an, uh, an online presence now. We had to close awesome. our studio um, in Tribeca when the pandemic hit. And we didn't have a digital platform yet. It was definitely in the works, but we obviously sped that up and figured it out and kind of overnight launched a new company almost because, you know, it was a tech company. I mean, we were, we were a studio based fitness brand. And so now we have the Nest Digital, which you can subscribe to monthly. And we have an incredible library of on-demand classes and we also have, we have, of course, Bounce, but we also have Sculpt. So you can actually subscribe and not have a trampoline if you're not into that. And the method is beat-based, um, which I find to be so incredibly important. And the more and more of other types of workouts I've tried that aren't beat-based, um, I don't enjoy as much. We add content every single Monday, so there's always something new. Mm-hmm. And we also offer 30-minute classes, 50-minute classes, and then we have you know, 10 minute supplements, 10 minute arms, abs, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing that you can supplement onto your workout. And we're still doing our Zoom live classes, um, which is really fun. I mean, during the pandemic, having that sort of connection with other people and, you know, taking a class. I remember I was obviously in New York and I was taking a class and my sister in LA um, was taking the same class and being able to see her on the screen while I'm bouncing. I mean, it was such a special moment um is of course because we were in lockdown or we were you know during the pandemic but i think that connection and community can still live on um and it's definitely shown that here and we also just launched our own custom trampoline in partnership with jump sport and jump sport is the leader in fitness trampolines and they own all the technology around it so it was a perfect collaboration because we have used their product since we opened our doors so it's incredible um it's available on the nestnyc.com but we're so excited because it's you know it's our first product and you know we we kind of took everything in stride honestly this summer we had successful socially distant sculpt classes. And I'm so proud of us because, you know, group fitness is still not allowed. And so we were like, how do we make the most of this time? And getting ahead of the marketing was really important in terms of very much like head on socially distant sculpt. So people know we're serious about what's going on. We have all the precautions. We actually use no equipment. So only body weight, which is if not harder. And we did it at Hero Beach Club in Montauk, which is an incredible property, huge grass area. Everyone had more than enough space. And, you know, it was so successful because I think people were just craving that sort of community. One of the first classes, um, someone who we didn't know who came, she actually cried at the end because she was just like, I haven't seen anyone in, you know, six months or whatever it was. um, And I needed this so badly. She didn't know anyone, but like, she just needed that sort of 
sense of community and moving your body. So, you know, lots ahead for, you know, lots in the works for us come spring as well. So very excited. Yeah. I, I'm so curious to try it. I've never, I mean, I've, maybe I've jumped on the trampoline when I was five years old trying gymnastics, but I've never thought of jumping on a trampoline for exercise, but I, you know, I follow you and I I see you do it. And so part of me is definitely curious. It's so much fun. And I think some people, I think it's actually almost better to try um, on demand at home because I think a lot of people are scared to look weird or crazy or not know what they're doing if they come to a class. And we have like, you know, these hardcore clients that they want the most advanced, fastest combos. And what I try to, you know, stress is we have like fundamental and essential videos that you kind of can do for as long as you need to like get, you know, very comfortable with the, um, with the movement, but it's just, it's such a good workout. I can't even stress it enough. Regardless of if it's mine or not, I'll be doing it forever. (laughs) Part of me wants to ask you, does, does joining the nest come with a disclaimer of, you know, making your, the neighbors who live below you aware that you are importing a trampoline and they may, they may hear jumping up and down and not to be scared. (laughs) So, you know what, I've gotten that so much and it really just depends, especially for New York city, it depends on the building. Some have no trouble. Um, Some do some, you know, put a rug underneath and it's fine, but yeah <laughs> I love it for me it's like you know do, do you have to notify the the people in your building that this was going to be going on <laughs> yeah no well I want to conclude you know I'm sure you get this question a lot but if you were to leave like any parting words advice tips or tricks things that have stuck with you over the years of being so immersed in this industry share it so I think my number one would be to lean on your mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be afraid to ask for help. I think I spent too much time being afraid to ask for help. And that's more of an insecurity and more of a disadvantage. I mean, ask for, for people that have done it before, you know, ask older mentors and, and lean on them. And you'll it's be surprised how-, how many people are willing to help as well. It's also, you know, that helps you build a network for yourself as well. Absolutely. One of the mantras that I really love is uh, mindset is everything. And, you know, it's something I like to remind myself with daily because as cheesy as it sounds, you know, if you put your mind to something, um, you can make things happen, but it's so true. It's about your approach and your positivity and bringing your own essence into everything you're doing. And that shows, I mean, I guess I could leave it at that, but I think really speaking to yourself in a kind way is, it is can be a game changer and it's something that I'm working on every day aren't we all well yeah. thank you so so much for, for, you, doing this, for being here um if anyone wants to learn more about you the Elise Collective the Ness tell us where we can go well you can go to the nessnyc.com for all things trampoline bounce related <laughs> Elise Collective A-L-I-S-E uh, dot com and you can follow me at Drea Murphy on Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you.